Hello friends, welcome to another episode of Making Disciples. My name is Chris and I am your host. It's really lovely to have your attention, have your time. I'm uh, I'm very aware that our time is very costly and people's attention is nothing that you should take for granted. So massive thank you for giving me a little bit of your time today as we continue to explore discipleship topics. Um, if I'm sounding a little bit snotty today, I'm full of cold and I was contemplating not recording today. But I've been doing all the preparation for today's episode uh, for a number of weeks and I just didn't want to put it off. I'm excited to look at this topic and get into this topic. Uh, so I've decided to do it anyway. So if I sound a bit grotty, or if I'm not quite as sharp as usual, then I I do apologise. I am full of cold, uh, but I have got my cup of coffee right here. So I'm hoping that we'll be able to press on through and you'll find it inspiring and helpful. Because today's topic, I, I want to talk about something called deconstruction. Uh, many people over the last few years have been going through something called deconstruction. They've been deconstructing their faith. And it is often associated with people who are really, what I would say, is losing their faith. Because they end up taking something apart to the point where they don't know how to put it back together again. I have got this amazing Lego set. I was bought it uh, last year when I had uh, I had COVID and Becky ordered some Lego for me to build. And it's a globe. It's of the planet. And it's this amazing Lego kit where you, you literally build the orb and the stand and you can sit it on your desk. You can look at the planets and, you know, uh, you can have a, look at the countries and you, and you can kind of spin it around. It's, it's just a beautiful piece of Lego. And, and slightly earlier this year, I, I knocked it off the shelf and I've broken it. And it's been sat on the shelf now for good six months in pieces because I just don't know how to put it back together again and I've realized the only way of rebuilding it is I do need to take it apart to put it back together that just feels like a massive task and and I just I'm putting it off and faith for some people is you know the same people are losing their faith they they're struggling with their faith and they're at a point where if they take it apart too much actually they're left with nothing but the rubble and they don't know what to do with it um, and they call this deconstruction and, and I want to speak into this today because either you may be going through a period of going what is it that I believe uh, or you have a friend that's going through what is this that I believe or there may be a period in the future when you are questioning and asking questions of faith and you are wanting to maybe deconstruct your faith a bit to try and put it back together and you just need to know how to do that so this episode is really speaking into this idea of deconstruction and I would argue that the deconstruction of our faith is biblical because we see it in the gospel of John Jesus is deconstructing the present or that that time's present understanding of faith and he was reconstructing it in a, in a new form. Jesus didn't come to uh, uh, to abolish but he did come to reform and and we'll look at that in this in this episode. So we're going to look at deconstruction and how to deconstruct your faith and how to help somebody maybe if they're uh, questioning their faith, deconstructing their faith. So that's what we're going to look at today. So I hope it's really helpful i don't know how long this is going to be but i am i'm going to cover the material that i have and if it takes us over the usual half an hour 25 minutes then then i'll i'll, I'll do that today because it, it's quite an important topic so let's jump in as we reflect together on deconstruction and what it means 
to deconstruct our faith in a healthy and helpful way. Well, Elisa Childers, Elisa Childers defines deconstruction as the process of systematically uh, dissecting and often rejecting the beliefs you grew up with. I watch a number of YouTubers and listen to a number of podcasters uh, that have deconstructed their faith over the last few years. And they've gone from being very passionate uh, disciples to people who've just completely lost their faith and deconstructed to nothing. There's just nothing left and they've walked away. There's, there's a couple of really famous Australian guys and American guys uh, that I love listening to who recently in the last few years have uh, been talking about their process of deconstruction. And, and over the last five years, every January, they've done an episode about where they're now up to with faith which has been interesting to listen to. Um, but what, what is really interesting is sometimes when people don't have a safe place to deconstruct, they end up taking the entire thing apart and you're like, what have you done? You, you are left with nothing. So deconstruction is the process of systematically uh, dissecting and often rejecting the beliefs you grew up with. So let's talk about this first. Why do people deconstruct their faith? Like, Why do we do that? And I think there's, I've got five reasons I've got here, but you may have a, a whole bunch of others that you would like to put into the chat or share with me. So number one, people deconstruct their faith because they've been told something that isn't true about God. For example, if you pray, you'll get what you want. I have been to so many church uh, gatherings or church services where what is preached is if you are persistent enough in prayer, God will answer your prayer. That just isn't true. So if you have been told this is how God behaves, he'll give you what you pray for and you don't get what you pray for, then that might leave you in a place where you start to think, well, actually, is God even real? If I'm praying and getting no answer, is God even real? So you may choose to deconstruct your faith and say, actually, I don't even believe there is a God because I've prayed and not had an answer to my prayer. The second reason is people deconstruct their faith because they've been harmed by somebody in that faith. You know, it could be a leader uh, or a member, but somebody has hurt them and harmed them. And this particularly comes when, when it's somebody of authority, somebody that is in leadership, that's seen as being somebody who is good and holy, and then they've come and harmed you or they've come and abused you. And that can leave you throwing uh, everything out and saying, well, actually, I'm going to, I'm going to, deconstruct my faith I'm going to pull it apart uh but you know because somebody has harmed me and really is God good if if the leaders of God's church are harming people is God really good the third reason why somebody might deconstruct their faith is because they've never thought about the foundations of it before now or maybe not examined it before and where they've been spoon-fed in the past, and then they start looking at the foundations of their faith, uh, suddenly what they've been spoon-fed no longer adds up, and they don't really know what to do with that. Uh, so they end up rejecting the faith. Uh, sometimes confusion can mean that you abandon rather than seeking to understand you know something may be really confusing to you and therefore you go well this doesn't make sense to me therefore i'm throwing it all out rather than seeking clarity i remember years ago when i went to theological college 
and one of the lecturers was speaking and he was teaching about the Torah, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers and Deuteronomy. And tradition tells us that Moses wrote uh, many of those texts. Uh, but the reality is he can't have done because he dies in in, in them. Uh, so, you, you know, in, in the Exodus story, uh, Moses ends up dying and therefore he can't have written those books. It didn't make sense that he does. But um, I remember the lecturer standing there and saying, uh, I know tradition says that Moses wrote these stories, but actually... Uh, we know that they were written more around the exile, which was 500 years before Jesus. These texts were written down. Before that, they'd been oral. Uh, so Moses didn't write them down at all. Somebody else wrote them down around 500 years before Jesus, based on all these oral traditions and teachings. And I remember going, that makes so much more sense to me. That makes so much more sense. Uh, but for some people, this was a shock and a horror. How can you say that Moses didn't write this? And when they found out Moses didn't write those texts, although tradition has put, you know, put put them as him as the writer of the Torah, they actually went through a crisis of faith. And um, so sometimes our foundations, you know, we've been spoon-fed something, told something, then and then suddenly we told something actually that contradicts that. And and rather than it pushes us to seek the truth, we can end up abandoning altogether. The fourth thing I would say is this, the reason we deconstruct our faith might be because uh, we've been brought up in a very religious, or I would describe it as a hyper-religious household, where it's all based on rules, rules and regulations, rather than relationship with God. And, and, and rules, rules, rules have been pushed and forced upon us so much that this hyper-religious household, you then come out of that you start to exper uh, experience the world around and wider thinking and you go wow i've been told a whole load of things here that nobody else believes uh, therefore i'm going to deconstruct I i'm not going to continue to believe this uh, so you end up deconstructing and it can come from a, a hyper-religious upbringing that where something's been forced upon you rather than you choosing and then rather than saying well actually let me check this out and see what really is real and put my own language to it we end up throwing it all out because we, we end up rejecting it's like a rebellion a teenage rebellion against uh, so that can be the fourth reason uh, and the fifth reason I, I, I've uh, got here is that Sometimes the reason people deconstruct their faith is they're just dissatisfied. They are not satisfied with what they have. And this is what I experienced a lot of in the pandemic. Pre-pandemic, I had a whole load of young adults at, at church who were very passionate about their faith, who were on fire with their faith. And as much as they could turn up to church and worship, they were on, you know, they were really on fire. Pandemic hit they suddenly were at home they weren't able to worship the way that they enjoyed and then suddenly they became very dissatisfied because really what they did was they realized that their faith was built on an experience uh, of turning up to a building uh, the experience of sung worship and and i'm inviting them to deeper rhythms of prayer and worship finding god in simplicity finding god in the quiet place uh, finding the still waters of God in the pandemic and they'd not got any of that they just could not engage with uh, anything else other than the charismatic worship experience and then really what we found is they became very dissatisfied with their faith because they, there was no depth to that faith beyond this Sunday gathering 
And because of that dissatisfaction, they ended up deconstructing their faith. They did it on their own because they were engaged in community. And actually, by the time they came out of the pandemic, I don't know where some of them even were with their faith. They just abandoned faith altogether. So these are the kind of reasons why people might deconstruct. Just some other thoughts around this, really. Uh, some of us need to deconstruct all of the garbage that we've built around the simple gospel of Jesus. Deconstruction, the way I've been talking about it, could be very negative. But actually, there's, there's some levels of deconstruction that are really helpful and healthy. We may have grown up or been in forms of church where the simple gospel of Jesus' death and resurrection is life transformed. I've been surrounded by lots of religious garbage. When I say religious garbage, I don't just mean all of the stuff that um, you know is often depicted as religiosity. You can just be as religious in the Pentecostal church as you can be in the charismatic church, uh, as you are in the evangelical church, as you are in the traditional Catholic church. All of these traditions of church can have religious garbage tied in trappings that are human-made, uh, not God-given. So the faith has become something else because it's wrapped up with all of this other stuff, religious language and jargon and behavior. And actually, some of that stuff, we do need to deconstruct it because it's it's helpful in tar at times, but actually becomes unhelpful. Uh, and we've actually made the gospel way too complicated. So, yes, sometimes deconstruction is really good because it's about stripping away things that are really unhelpful to find the simplicity of Jesus. The simplicity of Jesus. We need to dig down to find the true foundations of the faith Jesus the cornerstone the foundation stone sometimes we have to dig through all of the stuff that's been built up to find underneath it and a really cool little example might be the the church of the holy sepulcher in Jerusalem you've got this epic church run by five different denominations and inside of it you've got the grotto You've got this building about the size of a garage of a, that you, know, you might have a car in. That's a UK garage, by the way, not an American one. You can fit your car in. And this grotto inside it, filled full of candles and filled full of gold. Um, but inside that grotto, there is a platform. And that's the platform people go to kiss, believing that is the stone ledge that Jesus laid on in the tomb. And this is the location of the tomb of Jesus. Um, but actually, underneath that stone ledge is another stone. And under that stone ledge, there is another stone which does go back to the time of Jesus. And you can go into the Church of the Holy Sepulchre and go, what is this? This is, this is, this is not... This is not the place that Jesus died and rose again. It is clearly not. It is full of religious trappings. It's got this grotto with lots of candles. But actually underneath it, underneath it, underneath it, and underneath it, somewhere right down there is the truth and the simplicity of the, the tomb that Jesus uh, possibly, possibly um, rose from the dead on. This, this stone slab so sometimes we have to dig down to the true foundations we can end up with religious rules that are social and not biblical example smoking in i'm going to talk about england here in england really uh, the the church would say smoking really isn't 
what a Christian should do. But if you go to the Middle East, if you go to Turkey, most Christians smoke. Uh, it's a social interpretation of uh, the, the scriptures, I guess. Uh, and a religious rule has been created in the church in the UK that Christians don't smoke. Actually, other places they do. So we can end up with these religious rules that are social, not biblical. And some of that does need deconstructing. And that's not me saying Christians should smoke. Let me just make that clear. Um, and the other thing is sometimes we have guilt constructed all around our faith. And rather than having a faith that's built upon the goodness of God, we have a faith that's built upon a system of guilt and a system of shame of which that needs dismantling to find the simplicity of who God is. So before I go any further, I want to give you a warning and I want to give you a concern that I have. Uh, so these, these are both straight from me. So my, my warning and my concern. My warning is this. Friends, let's be careful not to throw out the baby out with the bathwater. What a weird phrase, by the way. Who came up with it? Throw the baby out with the bathwater. What a bizarre image. I, you know, I am going to use it today, though. Let's be careful not to throw the baby out with the bathwater. Let's, let's not throw out baby Jesus with the bathwater. I like that better, actually. Let's not throw out the baby Jesus uh, with the bathwater. Um, there may be unhelpful religious things that we need to deconstruct, but there is also beautiful things that need to be clung on to. Let me say that again. There may be unhelpful religious things that need to be deconstructed, but... There is also beautiful things that need to be clung onto. So my warning is this. If you are wanting to dismantle the faith that you have grown up with, I would say be careful not to throw everything out and leave yourself with nothing. Okay? Because there's good things to be clung onto. So that's my warning. Then my concern. My concern is this. My concern is, my fear, is many of us want to deconstruct to the point where we now cannot reconstruct new faith uh, and if we do want to reconstruct our faith we want to re reconstruct it around a theology of self what benefits me i've got friends who have deconstructed their faith and what they've reconstructed is a version of christianity that's actually about something that makes them feel better about themselves rather than the truth of who jesus is OK, so my concern is if you are going to deconstruct your faith and try to get to this simple gospel, the basics of Jesus, not all the religious trappings, I would simply say this. Make sure when you reconstruct your faith, you're not building it out of something that is about your preferences rather than what's true. Your preferences rather than what is true. So let's talk about what are the fixed points what are the fixed points? What are the things that I always come back to as, well, they're just true? And I'm not going to meddle with those because they are just true. And the number one, I say scripture. Scripture is God's story and his foundation. And it's helpful, we're told, for teaching, equipping and correcting. Scripture is God-breathed. And deconstructing scripture is never going to be a helpful thing for you because, because the scriptures is what we are going to need to go to to check out exactly what we believe as Christians. You cannot build the Christian faith from any other document or any other reading. It's only through scripture. 
If scripture is true, then it's true. If it's not, then it's not. So scripture for me is a fixed point. That is a point that I will go back to time and time and time again to ask the question, what is it I should believe? The second fixed point is this. Jesus is Lord. Anything else other than Jesus being Lord makes him into a moral teacher or a prophet or something else. So Jesus is Lord is a fixed point. His death and his resurrection are this fixed point that I go back to and say that is just true. Everything else around this I'm going to look at, I'm going to explore, I'm going to play with, but actually Jesus and the scriptures are my fixed point. There's something I am not going to deconstruct because that in itself is the golden thread. Okay? So therefore me are my fixed points. Everything else, everything else, let's research it. Let's look at it. Let's investigate it. Let's play with it. Now, I would say, look, I would get anyone to explore why is it that the Christian faith is a fixed point? Why scripture, sorry, is a fixed point? Why Jesus is Lord is a fixed point? I say you, you find out for yourself why they are your fixed points. For me, the evidence, the biblical but also the historical evidence of Jesus makes Jesus my fixed point. For me, the evidence of his existence, the evidence of his death and the evidence of his resurrection is is uh, so concrete for me, so clear for me that uh, it becomes a non-negotiable. Okay, Everything else, everything else should be... Um, something we can explore that we can investigate and we can look at and build from this position of believing that scripture and that Jesus is Lord is the foundations let's look at this a little bit more from uh, gospel of John's perspective so in the New Testament the opening chapters of John offer us a series of moments in which Jesus appears to engage in this work of deconstruction Okay, so let's look at these. So let's first talk about the deconstruction of the religious uh, construction. So in John 2, Jesus tells the religious leaders to tear down, to deconstruct the temple. The temple will be deconstructed. I'll re rebuild it in three days. Jesus is uh, inviting the Jewish leaders to deconstruct the, the construction, the temple, the building work. You know, they were, they were so firmly committed to the building. Jesus is wanting them to deconstruct away from the building. When Jesus says, I'm going to dismantle the temple and rebuild it in three days, he's actually talking about reconstructing the faith around him rather than the building. The cross rather than the building. That makes sense? So it, Jesus invites in John 2 the religious leaders to deconstruct the temple and that he's going to rebuild it around him. So that's the first time we see this idea of deconstruction. Uh, the next one I want to look at is deconstruction of the religious striving. The striving to be better, more religious. Okay, And in John 3, Jesus tells Nicodemus to be born again. To unlearn what had made him a respectable, grown-up spiritual leader. Because he was a Pharisee, yeah? And Jesus declares, tear down the life you've built for yourself and be born again 
deconstruct this idea of religiosity, spiritual power, I'm a grown-up, I can strive, I can work, I can do this religiously, I can do it under my own steam. Deconstruct that, Jesus says, simply be born again. Be built around Jesus, a life built around Jesus. Deconstruct all the religiosity, come back to Jesus. And then again, the next one, deconstruction of the religious uh, kind of tie or commitment to Jerusalem. So the idea was that Jerusalem was the centerpiece of faith. It was the place where Yahweh resided in the temple, the holy city of Jerusalem, the epicenter of the religious community. And in John 4, Jesus is talking to the woman at the well and he tells her uh, to tear down her uh, obsession with this singular place of Jerusalem. Uh, so Jesus informs this woman that there'll be a time to come when she'll worship God neither on this mountain or in Jerusalem. Uh, so Jesus is trying to deconstruct her commitment to space, religious space. And Jesus is not, he's, he's not saying spaces aren't interesting and helpful but he's trying to deconstruct her commitment to this mountain or that we're, you know where should we worship you jesus on this mountain or in jerusalem and jesus says there'll come a time when you won't worship me uh in this mountain or that mountain because you're going to worship me in spirit and in truth he's telling her that every place can be a site of true worship so he's deconstructing this religious tie to a building and saying anywhere can be spiritual anywhere can be a place of worship you don't have to head into a temple. You don't have to head into a city anywhere as a place of worship. So there's these three beautiful images. The, the deconstruction of the temple, the deconstruction of religious striving, and the deconstruction of the commitment to Jerusalem. And Jesus is trying to give them a rebuild, a new idea of worship. So deconstruction is right there. And Jesus is inviting religious people to deconstruct their faith to deconstruct their faith and find the true foundations, the true foundations. Friends, deconstruction leaves some people with rubble. And it's like they're stood with the rubble all around them. They don't know. It reminds me a bit of Nehemiah uh, in Jerusalem rebuilding the walls. And the walls have been destroyed in Jerusalem and God's people at that time sat for a number of generations with the walls all crumbling down. They just didn't know how to rebuild. We're the same sometimes. Sometimes people deconstruct their faith and don't know how to reconstruct it again. And I would say is this, friends. If you are deconstructing your faith at the moment, don't walk away. Walk through it and rebuild it. Don't give up on faith because you don't know what to do with the pieces. So what I'd really like to do is give a bit of a so. So, how? How do we deconstruct that's healthy and helpful? So I want to give you four things that you might find helpful. You might want to just jot these down. Four things that I think are really important to healthily deconstruct our faith from a religious faith that's tied up with all these religious practices to something that's true and real uh, and uh, solid number one I would say research before you reject research before you reject what I experience is a lot of people reject and either they don't research or they reject and then they try researching 
Research your faith before you reject your faith. Investigate it. Read, watch helpful videos, helpful talks. Listen to people who know what they're talking about. Two, be comfortable with saying, I don't know or I haven't read enough yet. We had a really, really good conversation at my small group, my Bible study group that uh, we have in our home. Uh, it was last night, and we were talking about what does it mean to be a chosen people. We were exploring this idea, if some people are chosen, does that mean some people are not chosen? Do we really believe in a God that chooses some and not chooses others? And we're actually looking at how that doesn't actually mean that at all, because as Paul tells us, all people are being chosen. Uh, so God chooses us. Do we choose him? And the word, uh, this idea of being chosen is uh, is actually a, uh, the, the name or the title of God's people, the chosen people. Uh, so we're kind of exploring that. And, and what came out was one of our small groups said, I just don't know what to believe about this, uh, the, the knowledge that there are people in deepest, darkest places uh, on the planet that have not heard the gospel and I don't like the idea they're going to go to hell because they've not accepted Jesus so we're kind of t talking that through you know is that really how God behaves is God really going to abandon somebody who's never heard the gospel or somebody that's heard an atrocious version of the gospel kind of thinking through through all that and at the end of the conversation she said this do you know what I'm still not sure I've really got my head around any of this still not sure but I'm not going to give up I don't know. I'm not going to give up. I haven't researched it enough yet. I've not thought about it enough yet. So I'm going to keep on going. Uh, I'm not going to throw my faith out on, on this one issue. Whereas actually I know God is good. And somehow God's goodness will always win. Uh, so being comfortable with saying, I don't know. I have not read enough yet. I've not learned enough yet. I've not reflected enough yet. I've not heard from God enough yet on this. Get comfortable with that. So research before you reject. Be comfortable with saying, I don't know. I've, I don't know enough yet. Thirdly, don't build yourself an echo chamber. And this is what I get so frustrated with. Christians who surround themselves with Christians who are going through the same kind of problem they're going through, they create an echo chamber where they collude with each other uh, and they can't really support each other or get themselves out of that situation together. And I've seen groups of Christians colluding with each other and not helping each other. It's like they're helping each other deconstruct and fall apart and doesn't work don't try to do this in an echo chamber don't do it surrounded by a group of people that are not going to be able to help you in an environment where you're not going to get any new information get out there listen to others hear what others have to say uh, get out of that bubble fourthly Reflect on why are you deconstructing? What's the reason that you're deconstructing? Is it because you're rejecting a person or a particular thing or a particular idea? Is it because you're dissatisfied? What is the real reason you're deconstructing? Is it that you're going through a season of depression? Is it that you've gone through a traumatic season and you're just dissatisfied with, with the level of your faith at this moment? And rather than deconstructing it, maybe it's something to grow, 
rather than something to deconstruct. So ask the question, why are you deconstructing? What, what is the reason for it? Um, so research, uh, get comfortable with the unknown, uh, get out there, listen to others, learn from others, uh, and hear some new fresh voices, some new fresh takes on this stuff, and be aware of why you are deconstructing in the first place. So there you go, friends. That's a bit of a whistle-stop thought tour on why do we deconstruct, some warnings and some concerns. What about fixed points? What about Jesus in the Gospel of John deconstructing there? And what do we do? You know, what, what's our next steps? So, friend, if you are at the point where you are deconstructing, I would simply say this. Find a Christian who is not in that same place, who has maybe gone through that in the past, somebody who can hold you and then invite them to speak into your life. Invite them to help you find answers that are helpful and will build you up and will encourage you with your faith rather than it falling apart. Because I can tell you now, the Christians that I know that have lost their faith, have deconstructed to nothing, they are not any happier. They're not any happier. They may say they've got more time on their hands and they may say that they're not uh, as busy in a community, but actually under, underlying it all, they are no happier uh, because they've not found any stronger foundation uh, at all. Uh, so I'd say keep going, keep investigating and don't give up. Friends, I hope that's helpful and I hope that it's inspired you. I'd love to hear your take on this as well. What would you add into this conversation? Uh, that'd be really cool. So friends, until next time, grace and peace, and we shall speak soon.